you're sitting a long way back there, aren't you? How about oh, I bring hey, this oh, towards Jesus. you? How about I bring this towards you so that you're not... I love it. I love it, <laughs> I love it when you do things to accommodate me. And look, just, just also too, I know you were meant to be in Barcelona this week interviewing Daniel Ricciardo. Yep. All right, I'm really sorry that you're not there. Yep. Um, if it's any, if it makes you feel any better, I used to play first grade for South. So if you want to interview like a sporting, <laughs> if that helps you, you are talking to a former Rando. Oh. Does that oh, does that help you? That's so funny. <laughs> does that help you make it feel a bit better about not interviewing <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo? What's very funny former is former Rabbitoh you're talking to here. Okay, so like, the other one time a year you interview a sports person. This time, this on 2020, it's and me. The thing is, I've been sick all this week. And How so are you going with the man the, flu, the, the, the question is, would I have been sick if I'd have gone? Because yeah. that would have like been was, chaos. It was being sick. Coronavirus. Yeah, being sick while travelling right now is the oh, worst thing you could possibly wow. do. You or, bullet, or it wasn't my body going, mate, you're not going anywhere. You've got nothing in the diary. Yeah. Let's just chill. Let's just. And it's forcing me, to, and I've struggled, yeah, but wow. I've, it's forcing me to chill. So how'd you go with the man flu, mate? Uh, it's, okay? oh, I can. Did you have a bruised eyelash? I, I slept <laughs> all night last night for the first yeah. time in a week, so that's oh, been good. Great. Yeah. Great. All right. You yeah. feeling better now? No, not really. Do you want Andy rubbing Vicks on your chest or anything like that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I self-medicate. I will not be doing that for you. I self-medicate. Self-medicate? So, Is yeah. that what you call it now? <laughs> Good for you, mate. Master Good of you. my own domain. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> King of the castle. Uh, anyway, yeah, no. So, um, sadly, just to yeah. update people. Cheerio. Uh, if, if, in case Daniel's listening, oh, yeah. right? Cheerio to Daniel. He's probably you know Trevor what would you love know what's to happening? be there with you. He's he's walking around the paddock going, "What the hell's happening? Why aren't I doing that interview? Where is he? Yeah, mate. exactly. And wait, mate, Formula One management are so, to blame. Can I ask Renault team? Can I suggest something. Renault team and Daniel, one hundred percent on board, ready to go. Okay, just to be clear. Can I suggest? But Formula One management wouldn't let me in. Can I make a suggestion? Yep. In this world of technology we live in, yep. have you thought of maybe doing a video interview like a cross, like a Skype? It's not interview? quite the same. It's something. It's better than nothing. Yeah. You're talking to Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Is that a possibility or? No, you could easily record both ends of it. I'm over it now. <laughs> if he rang you tomorrow and said, hey, mate, let's get on, let's jump on Skype. Let's FaceTime. Let's jump on Skype next week. Yeah, FaceTime you next week. <laughs> yeah. You would just absolutely say yes. Of course. But it's but just why not Why don't it's you not pitch that? Go for that. It's not the same. But it'll show him how keen you are to interview him. It's, you're not just he'll he'll know that okay this bloke's not interested yeah, no, just just because he's in Barcelona. No, no, the the, dif- the difference is the, and the reason it's different is because the million journos are doing their best to phone him or do whatever yeah. to get chats. Okay, I was the only one that actually went out of my way to go to where he is yeah. and have that conversation in it without him having yeah, to go out of his way. Even more reason for him to choose you to do that on on because he knows you've been there. In the just, How many times you interview him in the flesh? Three times. Three, yeah. So he knows you've been there before. You'd be top of the list if there was any requests, I reckon. Anyway, let's not dwell on it. Just, mate, I'm just trying to. I'm there for let's you. Trying, to, trying to give you some suggestions so that get this over the line still. But in the meantime, <sighs> you have to settle for me. In the meantime, okay. 1991 <laughs> was the year. No, that was my in the 80s, mate. I played as what well. year? Yeah, 88, what year? 88 was my first. 88. Year. Yeah. First the bicentennial. Year. Bicentennial. Yeah, it was a big year. 88. Yeah. 200 years of Australia and, and then Stephen, Stephen running Fennick out for the Rabbitohs. For the Rabbitohs so What's your player number? Uh, I was number 12. That's when Hooker was number 12 back then. Then they changed it to 9. Oh, no, he's, oh yeah. sorry, like a Rabbitohs. Oh, sorry, number. sorry. Yeah, my first yep. grade number is 767. So there's 766 players before you. Yeah, that played first. That's grade. a lot of people. I know. They're up to, I think, now, you know, I think 1,030 something, I think, is the new. So there's been another right. 300 people in the meantime that have played first grade in the 
30 odd years it's been since I played. That it's, it's not more really, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. But over a long period of time, it's well, actually mate, a very small number of people. 112 year history of the club, mate. It's pretty good. Well, congratulations on your <laughs> on your stellar career as a tech. Thank you know. very much. Thank you. And you can interview me any time, Trev. I'll be there for you. One day, <laughs> someone else will do that. Okay. I don't think okay. I could take it seriously. <laughs> well, also, we I are. think most of the stories you've got really couldn't be published. Most yeah, of the good stuff. A few good. Few good. What happens on tour stays <laughs> on tour. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's do a show. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. And here we are on Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 475. Not 475. What are you talking about? Isn't it? How do we get to the 70s? I'm no, pretty sure Stephen. I'm pretty sure it is. Mate, not a chance in heck. It's 425. Oh, there you go. Finally added 50. I've always complained about your handwriting, and today it's been confirmed. Well, we Episode 425, thanks 24. to the good people at Uniden <laughs> and Nitke. We should also mention, too, it's our, uh, an anniversary of sorts for us, too. It, it, it is. Was, it's uh, eight, it was, it was eight nine, years? Nine, nine, nine years. Nine years. Nine years. I think it was February 22, Feb our first 20, one. 22 or 23, yeah. Yeah, so it's nine years ago. We've been doing this for nine years, can you believe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the therapy uh, bills are building up, by the I've way. I've got a child that's not that old. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's, that's, that's the context of this show for me. Yes. Is I had a, uh, well, so Victoria would have been like three or four months old wow, uh, when we started baby, the show. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. And then Harry wasn't born wasn't for even, another. He was conceived though, wasn't he? <laughs> in, a, in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, actually, no, you know. Awkward. He would have yeah. been. What, what yeah, month was no. he born? September 25th. March, April, May, June, July, August, September. That's seven. So, yeah, she was. Yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah. threw the leg over a couple of months earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, she, you were, she was with child when we first started the uh, our first episode back in 2011. I'm not and, sure we uh, knew at that point. Anyway. Uh, okay, so you weren't telling people at that time. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. Because Harry was a um, delightful surprise. There you go. Um, as an unplanned child. There you go. Um, okay. Batting average 100 there. Jeez. Um, Jeez. <laughs> on return. Yeah. I <laughs> haven't told him that. Um, he wouldn't understand that. Though. I don't think he'd he understand, understand, but later in life, he'll definitely be told that yeah. he was a delightful surprise. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. when you have two kids 13 months apart, it's... Wow. I'm not going to say it's as bad as having twins. I say Victoria and Harry are yeah. 13 months apart. Because twins is obviously <laughs> difficult. But it's like we had a twin pram. We had, wow. you know, we had a lot of kids in nappies Trevor at one time. Could, couldn't be contained. <laughs> you know, some. So anyway, <laughs> we really need to, <laughs> just, we need to move forward. We just need to move yeah. on. We're here to talk tech, and one day we'll go into all that other stuff. So, yeah, so sorry, Steve, 425, not 475. Yep, thank you. Uh, uh, I, then. Did thank I, you. I did I put the wrong number then on my website last? Oh, week? Your, your actual website's wrong. I think I think I've got 474 on my That's on the website. Excellent. Last I week. love that you stuffed that yeah, up. Yeah, 474. I'm going to change really, it right now. And, no, and no one noticed. <laughs> no one said. Hang on a minute. What happened to the other 50 that's, episodes? That's the best part. Is yeah. nobody <laughs> noticed. <laughs> no noticed. That's anyway, right. some news today, Stephen, um, from the Australian Communications and Media Authority. The yep. ACMA, ACMA. Yep. Um, and the federal government, Paul Fletcher, the minister. Um, last October, Paul Fletcher, the minister, um, not demanded, but in instructed ACMA to come up with some guidelines by which the telcos must operate when it comes to porting mobile phone yep. numbers. Now, if you don't know, you've been living under a rock, the idea of porting a mobile phone number means you own your number. So my phone number, my mobile number, 
oh, it's mine. I can take it wherever I go to whichever telco yep. I want on whatever plan I want. So you, if you change telcos, you don't have to change phone numbers. Amazingly, Stephen, I think a lot of people still don't know that, but yeah. that's that's one of the coolest things yeah. that happens. But the process of porting a mobile phone number is actually really simple. It's yeah. it's fast, it's efficient, and the and the requirement is and of because I've done it a couple of times. You basically need the account number. So if you're a Telstra customer today and you want to switch to Vodafone, you need your Telstra account number, yeah, and your date of birth. And those two things, when you go to Vodafone, you buy a SIM card from the shop or you grab yep. one at a servo or whatever, and you open up the website and you type it in. You go, they go, do you want to keep your number or get a new one? You go, I want to keep my number. They say, what's the number? You say, here's the number, and they say, what's your existing telco? What's your existing telco account number? Yep. What's your date of birth? Click a button, and it goes, blip, 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 blip. done. <laughs> Official. Makes those noises, That's too, correct. Yep. We've confirmed that's the account yeah. number. It takes we've, a minute, so it's really quick. Yeah, you we've can... confirmed that's your date of birth, yep. and we'll begin the process of porting your number. Yep. Now, about a few years ago, we started to have these, these issues with people getting uh, scammed. Now, what would happen was people's phones would stop ringing. The, their friends would ring them and say, I'm, someone else is answering when, you, when, you get, when, when I ring oh. your number. And they'd be like, how did I lose my phone number? And what was happening was scammers, criminals, uh, idiots, would be going and somehow they'd be, and it's, this is not a random thing, this is a targeted thing. Yep. They'd be going, right, we want to scam Stephen Fennick. Uh-huh. Let's firstly find his number. What's his number? They get your number. Yeah. Then they, they do other stuff. They, they look you up in databases of, of hacks and stuff. They find details of you, like your email yeah, address, yeah, passwords, your date of birth, yep, all that stuff. Yep. And then they go, right, let's get his mobile number. Because the, your mobile number is a very powerful thing today. Like yep. if I want to make a bank transfer to, to, for the first time to someone's BSB, yep. my bank goes, yeah, yeah send, nah. Send you the net code. We'll, yeah. we'll send you a code. Two to, fact, to part of the two-factor authentication, isn't it? If I want to log into my Facebook on your laptop, yeah, I put in my password. But I've got to have my mobile phone sitting here. Yeah. That's where the password's sent. So the scammers are going right. Well, we'll just get their. That we'll get their mobile number. So we've got that second factor but of authentication. That, but that, don't they have to also work out your account number? Yeah. Is that is that they can work that out as well? That, you got to. All you got. All I got to do is go through your bin and I'll find your account number. No, you won't. I shred everything, mate. Okay. Well, I'm a shredder. You're a very very <laughs> unique individual I'm a in shredder. that sense, right? <laughs> so the you process. You don't shred your stuff. You don't shred your bills and. I don't bank really get any bills. Well, everything's email no, is that for right? me. Everything's yeah. free for you, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I email. Yeah, so you don't get paid. I get emails, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I get the odd the odd thing in the mail. The point even is, like addresses. You and I are yeah. unique. You and I are living at a different level in terms of the way we've we've moved away from paper bills. A lot of people yeah. haven't. Yeah. There's ways still of doing that. And right. so what's happened is the ACMA have put in place. So it's by April this year, the telcos and most of them are already doing it. But I think a lot of the little ones aren't, and that's where this comes in. Yeah. They have to put in place a multi-factor authentication. So, yeah, account number and date of birth. But there has to be a text message sent or a phone call made to the existing owner of the account to say, are you planning to port your number? Yeah. You say yes or no. And that then allows it to go ahead. uh, It's logical. What's Exactly. Well, I think it's sort of, remember it started where it was actually quite an operation to get your number transferred? Yes. So they they decided then, okay, let's make it easier. That's right. they did that. So these criminals have taken advantage of that ease. That's right. And now it's kind of bringing it back a little bit, pulling it back a touch to say, look, let's offer that. It will still be as fast and as easy, but you'll just need to play a slightly bigger role in it. You'll yeah. have to do one extra thing. Well, I'm, I'd be happy to All do that. Like, it, it's, yeah. not, it's not a hassle. Jeez, no. it's like one minute of pain. And one, once anyone that objects, what you need to do is tell them. The the average scam that's occurring here is $10,000 loss. Wow. The average person who has their mobile ported in a scam is losing ten grand. Wow. That's crazy money. 
right? Well, so there's, uh, there's like a $250,000 fine. There's big bucks fines coming to the telcos who don't institute the right processes to ensure that this, so this new regulation... It's got to be April. in place by April. Yeah, they've got a month. All right. They've known it, but they've known it's coming, but now it's kind of lying the sand. Well, it's official. Mate, it's, it, it makes sense. Like, you've you got to check with the person who owns the number. Yeah. That uh, they're, they're, they're doing it's it. It's funny like, how logical it is, but yeah. it's also kind of weird to think that it wasn't done in that place in the first place. But See, no one foresaw this as being a scam. Yeah, yeah well, Most scams aren't predicted before they're, nah, of they're created, not. Of right? Of course not, of course not. Well, that's that's the, what they rely on. They rely on that surprise, so you're not going to know yeah. these bludgers. Anyway, I think it's a good thing. Um, I don't think anyone that's listening who regularly or plans to port their number would be upset by it. Yep. Um, and um, and it's, it's kind of a, a good thing. You know, ACMA have a lot to deal with with... They've got to sell the spectrum. They've got to do the regulations for the TV, the radio, the yep. newspapers, all those things. This is just another thing they've got to do. And yeah. I think it's uh, it's been a quick turnaround because it was only last year where the government you know, started this process of going, hey, what are we going to do? Mm. So it's actually a pretty quick turnaround for Ackman to, to put this in place. Sa- it's the same deal if you've got it because a lot of phones are going to have eSIMs. So it's the same deal. So yep. if you're porting your number to an eSIM... So, because because in the in the case of an eSIM port number port, you'd still they send you the QR code. Yeah, that, that that's not actually a number port. That's just activating an eSIM. That's not. Yeah, it is. But number, you, is you, you still port your number. You can still port your number across to yeah, an eSIM. Of course, it's yeah. an account. Like uh, every SIM card, every every uh, mobile phone account is just another mobile phone account that needs a number attached to it to work. Mm. All you're doing is saying, I want to. I've got an eSIM phone like a Razor, which we'll talk about in a second. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm with Optus, and I want to switch to Boost. Um, uh, I've got to get a, a, a QR code from Boost. Yep. And when I do that QR code, it's going to ask me am I, how am I porting my number and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Right. SIM, so by the way. Do you know what SIM stands for? Uh, s- uh, subscriber, subscriber Identification module. module. That's correct. Yeah, the, the blokes are on point there. Nailed it. But while you mentioned the Razer earlier, yep. and there's been some news, uh, mm. if, you've, if you've pre-ordered the device, you would have got an unfortunate email on Feb 24, which was the day you were supposed to pick it up, to say that it has now been delayed possibly up to a month. Because of the what they're, what they're saying, it's because of the the coronavirus and how it's affected their the output of their factories yeah, and their supply chain. Their going supply into chain them. is yep. being taken a hit as well, and the date's been pushed back. They're they're saying in their official statement they said mid to end of March. But yep. if you look at the JB Hi-Fi website, they've they've named March seventeenth. Yes, and I as hit, the date. I had a bit of a conversation with a few people in different areas, and essentially that night that date is there because they need to put a date. Yeah. JB need to put a date. When it's a pre-order, they need to have a date. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that could easily change. So, so, it's, a bit, so it's a bit flexible. So it could, yeah. could be... It could we, well we could be, be the, end the end of March. So another yeah. month away. And they they obviously mentioned the coronavirus has affected their... Uh, because of quarantine restrictions and public transportation and travel limitations has limited their production. And, and do you remember in the US, they had similar... They had to, they had to put, postpone the US launch, not because of the coronavirus, but they just couldn't make the phones quick enough yeah. to meet the pre-order. So the Razor's had a pretty rough berth so far, hey? So in, in Australia, and, and it's that's going to change. It's, it's going to be the it's same. It's not quite as rough as the Fold last year, but yeah. it has also copped a hammering in the yes. US. Well, that's what people are speculating, that this... They're kind of saying, yeah, it's the coronavirus, but they're thinking, hang on, this has bought us a bit of time where we can maybe tinker with the hinge. And there have been reports, so you've seen the same reports yeah. as me, where the hinge is starting to make noise and the screen peels near the hinge as well. Yeah. So what do you think? Is it Could could that be another another factor here? Look, oh, I, we are literally speculating, but I yeah. just think that 
when you've got a brand new thing like this and it goes into production and the reviews come out of the way they are. Mm. Now, They're mainly positive. There hasn't been everything negative about it. The, no. the, the mechanism, naturally, the, the, bad, the bad news gets the most attention Mo- in this case. Motorola will tell you that the... Even that bad press has not affected them whatsoever. Yeah. They're still getting the same number of pre-orders, and, and it's doing well in pre-order sense. Yep. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I think you've got to be a bit nervous, and that, and they would be. I think they would be looking closely at the production uh, values, the Absolutely, all the different yeah. parts of it, and the components. Um, and you know, their other problem is, mate, they're and especially in Australia, they're going to hit head to head with. Samsung, it looks like. Yeah, well, how how good is Samsung looking at, at all this? Because this would initially was supposed to launch on Monday, Feb twenty four. Now it's going to be probably the end of March. So in comes in in comes Samsung on March six with the S twenty range, and they'll be promoting the flip and the Z flip coming up in a month or two. So this. What do you think? This is how is that going to affect their their chances here? A lot of people are going to be thinking. I think well, there's a lot of people that the, the, I think the people that pre order the Razer. Would, would have pre-ordered the Razer even if the flip was known and available, right? Yep. Because I think they want it for the Razer, you know, uh, nostalgia. Yeah? Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to be holding onto the phone for three years as a daily driver. I think they're going to hold onto it as a, you know, as a piece that, that they had and, and you know, had one of the first of. I think it's one of those phones. It's not like they're selling probably even 10,000 of the bloody things in pre-order. It's yeah. probably a very much smaller number. They haven't, they haven't specified. But the, the big question though. is when it does... Uh, retail and when Samsung does hit retail, which or both will do mm. better, I think Samsung will still smash it. See the the ray the big thing with the rays was that it folds flat, completely flat. So yep. that but that the hinge has to be like on point. It has to be really good. And though you know you saw the Z flip in San Francisco, yeah. it's not quite flat. I think Samsung has said, listen, you know what, we're gonna leave a little gap there, just a little bit of a safety measure yeah. to keep it so that it, the mechanism you know, is I was not watching too much uh, I was watching a man to contact Harry's English book this morning. Yeah. And it made me think about this exact thing, you know, <laughs> these these screens, like the Samsung yeah. Z Flip, they say it's glass. It's not. It's a piece of glass with a piece of plastic on top, and yeah. it's multiple layer, layer upon layer upon layer, right? Yeah, yeah. And you think about how a book with contact on it, yeah. you know, just over time, you keep opening it, that contact kind of peels apart from the book on the hinge. Yeah. That's what's going to happen to these things, and that's, that's why what the, the fear is. So important, hey? like, that's right. That's yeah. why the f- the hinge is so critical. There she is now on the phone. She's yeah, just heard. She just she knows I'm talking her about. Her ears are burning. Um, I, I don't think when you hold the Z Flip, you even notice or care that it's not flat. No, flat. of course not. Of course. I think what matters more is that the Z Flip flip sits open. Yeah. You know, the Motorola Razor is either open or shut. Correct. Yeah. Whereas the Z Flip can be sat open a bit. So that's, yeah, that, that's a, it was a pretty, um, obviously, Motorola, this was all about design and nostalgia for them. That They didn't want, I don't think their design would have looked any good with a slight gap in the hinge. See how yeah. the see how the end of their phone, the end of the flip, sort of fits into the bottom yeah. of, the, of the base there, so makes it look more like the older version. So I think, yeah, they had to they had to really get that hinge right, and it was all in house, by the way. They did all that hinge. There was like about twenty six different prototypes, and the hinge mechanism is their own invention. The screen is their own invention as well, their own technology. Yeah, yeah. and and Samsung, who kind of had a bit more experience with the Galaxy Fold and the dramas they had there. They they went back to the drawing board and fixed it. Now it's fine. So I reckon they've taken that learning and brought it to the Z Flip. And look, it's not it's not a deal breaker that the Z Flip's no. not perfectly flat. It's still quite a stylish little phone. But Razer won't be getting it till the end of March. So then so, fast uh, forward to well, actually rewind to last year and Huawei's mate yeah. X 
product was announced bef- uh, just after the Samsung. Four and days after seemingly, the seemingly, uh, you know, was a better concept of product, a better, uh, just a better everything because we got to touch it. Yeah. We didn't see the body fold for months. Um, it never came to market. Uh, in Australia, yeah, I never really made came to market anywhere, really. Well, I think China, they uh, yeah. sold okay. Let's, five, five people in China. Let's let's believe them, but <laughs> let's just say it didn't make it to international markets. Yeah. Now they've got a second iteration. You've had a look. Oh, at I've that. had a look at it. Yeah, it's what? it's a, it's an improvement. Here's my problem. It looks like a better device. Mm-hmm. It's you know all these different things. It's a different concept. Yeah. But mate, Huawei still uh, don't seem to be accepting the fact that they're still Huawei. Yeah, I had dinner with them last night as did a few other journalists, and they had the Mate uh, XS. And, and Mimo to Huawei, you know, iPhone, Apple's got a phone called the XS. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't bother with that. But I got the device in my hand, and I had seen I had seen the first, the last year's one. I got my yep. hands on it. This year's one, you can tell there's a bit of a difference to it. Like, just looking at it at first, looks like it's identical. Mm-hmm. But you, you look closely at the hinge is slightly different. There's a different mechanism and a different uh, cap on the end of the hinge. The mechanism itself is a lot smoother. Last year, you really had to pull it open for it to go flat. This time, it's a lot smoother to open. Right. Um, the, the, button, the button that releases it is also a li- little bit different. And just, a, just subtle differences across the board. Uh, and and, and I, I thought to myself, even at the time like a year ago, I thought... This is how a folding phone should be. Yeah. You've got this nice, beautiful 6.5, 6.6-inch screen at the front, which when it's folded, it's like a normal phone. Around the back, you've got another screen if you want to use it for, for framing selfies or showing other people what they're going to look like in a photo, things like that. Um, and also could be used as a secondary screen as well. And then you open her up, and then you've got this nice flat, square, no notches in the corner like the fold, flat, square, speakers on it that have to be heard to be believed. Did you hear it last year? Yeah. It was phenomenal. So, and and that, I reckon, is how a folding phone should be, where you can get, you have a normal phone for one second, and then pop it open, it's a tablet the next, really nice. Yeah. Now... We all know the dramas. You mentioned Huawei are having all kinds of dramas with US government and they're banned from 5G and all that sort of thing. But I was talking to them at, at the, and I said, look, I said, look, how, how are you guys going to go now? You, you can't, you don't have Google on your phone and all this Google's, sort of stuff. Google, by the way, specifically saying in their official forums hmm. that they're encouraging people not to sideload. Yeah. Because people can't be guaranteed yeah, what they're going right. to get. They yeah, can't exactly. guarantee it's going to work. So Huawei's saying this. Or Google's no, saying this. Google's saying Huawei's this. Huawei's also saying it as well. Because yeah. they, they've just also announced their app gallery, which they're saying, they reckon they've got 400 million customers on this thing already, yeah. mainly in China and Asia. Yeah. But what they're hoping is that, yes, there's the App Store, which is up here. Slightly below is the Play Store. Slightly, a fair way down is going to be the app gallery. And they are setting up themselves as the third app store. For, for phones yeah. and they've already got like hundreds of millions of customers and uh, some apps are already coming across you know Facebook you still can't get Instagram Twitter they're not nowhere to be seen but what you can do and I did this I, I after they mentioned this last night I went home and did this they've got an app called Phone Clone so what I did is I got my Samsung S20 that I'm using now the Ultra and I cloned it I've installed Phone Clone on the Samsung and also put it on the Huawei, transferred everything across. The only apps that didn't go across were Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, a couple of others, 
but everything else is there. My Tesla app's there, and it's working. All WhatsApp's there, and it's working. So that's that's their other hope that when this eventually comes to market, they're saying it could be here as early as April. The fold, yeah, the, the 10s. So the XS. So when people see this, the hardware is going to blow your mind. It is amazing. People get this in their hand the first time, and they're thinking, "Wow." This I'm is amazing. So I loved, I think we both agreed it was a better form factor than Samsung's Fold. But now that I look at the damage that's being done to these plastics, thin screens and all that kind of stuff, I worry about it being an exposed well, screen. Good call. It's the, it's on, it, it, the screen is the outside of the device. Yeah. So Look at the, the way you just throw it in your pocket. You've yeah, got phones, yeah. you've got keys, you've got everything in your pockets. They've obviously taken that into account. They've had a year to, to look at the old one. Um, they're saying that look, it's durable. It's obviously not meant for people to be stabbing it with keys and like a normal phone, you wouldn't do that with. But you got to wonder how. It's no, but my go. my issue is if I look at my phone now, yeah. I look after this phone, yeah, a lot. There's scratches. There's scratches on it. Little tiny scratches, just yeah. minuscule little things. My, my, and that's my from just keys too. in my pocket and yeah. stuff. My my tennis. Imagine ten, yeah. how a fold. Yeah. style phone is going to be. I'm telling my you, my 11 Pro Max is scratched on the. It's got a little scratch up here. Yeah. It's just, it just was sitting in my pocket. I wasn't doing anything to it. But now you got to wonder the, the 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 durability of these. And again, we won't know for like a year. People need to yeah. use it for a year or six months to say, well, hang on a minute, the wear and tear, which you can, yeah, you can fold a phone in a lab a hundred, yes. two hundred thousand times, but you can't put it in and out of your pocket. Oh yeah, I'm more times. interested in the uh, the time you accidentally put it in the same pocket as your keys or yeah. your, all those coins, and they're yeah. all. Mushing around and scratching away. <laughs> like, what's a normal use going to be like in yeah. terms of durability of the screen? That's what we don't but know. Look, I've got to say, I like it. I really like it. I'd love to use it. I, I think the um, the form factor of it is, is really impressive. It folds down still. Like, I put it next to the Ultra, the S20 Ultra, and my Ultra's got a, the clear case on it. And the S, the, the XS folds down about the same, slightly thicker than that. Yeah. Only like a millimetre or two. So it's very impressive, the hardware, but whether people are going to be bothered to... Well, here's two things. One, it's going to cost a bomb. It'll be it'll be 3500 or $4,000, whatever it's going to be. Well, there's three things. Cost, w- the telcos probably won't support it because there's no, no way. The customers are, aren't going to be able to put... Zero. It's not, no it just Google's will not happen. There. And the other, that's the other point is... If you do, if you're desperate to get your hands on it, how are you going to get your apps on it? Like I know there's a way you can go through your browser to install Facebook. That's what I did on my Huawei phone. I went through the browser, and there's a way you can download the APK and get it working. But that's a lot of work for customers. Now, whether it's a this sort of customer is going to spend four grand, but let's say right on yeah. this phone, they're a determined customer. I reckon they'll go to the trouble. Yeah. But your average Joe or Joanne is not going to. Begin to think. Well, for that kind of money, I might as well buy an iPhone or a, or a Samsung, or two, or, or yeah, or Galaxy Fold that that could, they can work. So, some challenges ahead. But they they're saying I was talking to Larking, their Australian CEO, and he was saying that look, we're not going anywhere. We're here for the long haul. We're we're working really hard. We know there've been challenges, but we're facing them head on. He I also found out too that uh, you know how the license, Google license is not they're not able to get hold of it. What just has been renewed, positive for them, is their Microsoft license. So their MateBook Pro X, because they had to reapply for the license, and they were granted the license again from Microsoft. So that might that might augur well for the near future when it may come time for them to go to Google and say, "Listen, let's talk Turkey." 
So yeah, right. yeah. so because the, they had to, they, I only just found that out last night myself. One of the guys from Huawei was telling me that we just had our Microsoft license renewed, but no luck with Google at the moment. And Microsoft is, a, is as an American company as Google. Yeah, oh, that, that's that's quite a yeah. that's quite an interesting one. Qu- yeah, quizzical, questioning one. There you have it. Oh, the news you hear all the news here first. Oh, Trev. mate, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, two blokes talking tech, episode four hundred and twenty-five. Thanks to Nick Gear and Unidan. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two blokes, very proudly supported by our good mates at Uniden. They've got a range of really cool products. Their new dash view uh, dash cams are, are really interesting. They've got a model that has front and back uh, cameras as well. But I'm here to talk about, though, the products that's just been released. An Australian first. It is now available. The 100% wire-free AppCam Solo PT. This is a pan and tilt camera that you can control remotely. So 355 degree pan, 140 degree tilt. Basically covers the area where you would normally require two security cameras. This can do it in one. You can remotely pan and tilt. Uh, Full HD recording. SD card and cloud backup. Of course, it's weatherproof, so you can put it outside in a, in a strategic spot. Has night vision too, so you can see up to 10 metres in the dark. And gives you the smart intelligent alerts. alerts smart because it uses thermosense. So it combines heat and movement to give you the proper in notifications there. Two-way audio uh, and has a really nice uh, companion app as well, which you can, you can uh, use to monitor the camera live. There's even customised voice recording recordable alerts. So someone, if you if there's a stranger near your camera, uh, it can can have a voice recording that say, "Listen, uh, this camera, this property is monitored by our unit and security cameras, and we'll be calling the police if you don't get off the property." You can record and just say, "Rack off! Get out of my get off my property!" You can record. So we can do record Clint Eastwood saying, "You know, have you seen that movie Grand Torino?" Yeah. Where he says, <laughs> "Get off my prop," you know, get, use his voice. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I might even or get Darth Vader to say or something. Darth go. Vader yeah, yeah. to say, get the hell off my property. <laughs> anyway, Uniden, the AppCam Solo PT, available now. Uh, well worth looking into. Uh, you can check out more details at uniden.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Stephen, um, I won't lie. I tried Apple Arcade when it first launched. Yep. And um, it was it was good. There were some good games there, yep. but um, that just were, that just wasn't enough to make me go, yeah, I could yeah, seven ninety nine a month for this. Yeah. But today I'm I'm all in. Um, Crossy Road Castle okay. is now available. Same on Apple Arcade. Yes. Same Hipster Aussie, Road. Aussie guy. Yep. Hipster Hipster Whale. Sorry, um, Matt and oh, I forget the other guy's name. But anyway, good blokes. Uh, I've oh, this is my second time playing, and I'm playing it as we speak. Um, I really like it. It's look, it's a very different. It's actually nothing like Crossy Road because Crossy Road was an endless hopper. You know, you hopped, hopped, hopped yeah. across roads, across rivers, across everything. Whereas this is levels, so it's kind of like a classic it's arcade. Like Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's kind of. I never played a lot of those kind of games, but it's like a classic arcade game where I've got this level to complete. I've got to get from this door here down to that door there um, without being you know hit by these these monsters. I've got to. I can hit them. I've got to collect coins. You know, it's. So it's a combination of Donkey Kong and Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine that the boys that built it are essentially, you know, old gaming nuts. Yeah. And so that's what they've done is they've built themselves a, a classic arcade-style game, which, you know, they can they can take and, and, and sell in a way that... So you've got to remember, 
the beauty of Apple Arcade, and this is genuinely a great thing, is this game uh, is part of my subscription. So I've paid, I'm paying my seven ninety nine a month or whatever it is um, for you uh, to have this game. Yep. This game is available to everyone in my family account, so that's good. My kids can have it as well. There is no in-app purchases in any Apple Arcade games. Yep. Which is one of the big and no advertising either. No right? advertising. Yeah. Which is one of the big killers. You know, my kids are always you know trying to download games that are free, but yeah, they're only really good games when you've got the in-app purchases. Absolutely. And so as a parent, app, actually Apple Arcade is a whole lot better in that sense. Yeah. It's but Matt, it's limit Matt Hall and Andy Matt and, Hall and that's Andy right. Sum. Its limitations are that you know there's just not the same number of games or the same. Trevor's still s- playing this I'm game. Still by playing, the way, yeah. as he's saying, he can talk and play at the same time. Can you believe that? Yeah, but can I win? <laughs> you know, that's the big question. But Crossy Road was huge success though when it first Massive. came out. Yeah, you know, it, like it, look, it made these more blokes than 250 million downloads. Made them a lot of money. Matt bought a, oh, a very expensive car. I won't go into details, okay. but um, he was a very happy man. Good they did well out of this thing, yeah. you know. Um, and didn't now it, it it's a franchise. The, didn't it go off the App Store for a, for no, a period? No, they 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 made a Disney version. Yeah, right. They've made a bunch of different versions of the game. And like, I don't think I'll be honest. I don't think this is as addictive as Crossy Road was. Yep. Um, I also think it's a bit it's a bit more made for people who are willing to use a games controller. Like you know, you can hook up an yes. Xbox or a PlayStation controller to your, it, to your iPhone. Crossy you, Road was Crossy Road was tap 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 and a little bit of swipe if you wanted to. Whereas yeah. you've got to use two hands for this yeah. to go left, right, so and you up. You can link your Bluetooth yeah, Xbox you can, controller. I could set a PlayStation controller up to this and, oh, and, and a use PlayStation it. controller as well. Yeah, yeah, any any games controller can now be hooked nice. up to a, to iOS thirteen. Nice. While on that, uh, I did a brief thing on my tech guide about the PlayStation back button. See that? Sorry. Oh yeah. What was that? I didn't button. click on it. Sorry. Yeah. The black, the back, <laughs> the back button. You, you clip it into the headphone jack that's in the on the bottom of the controller. Back, and it, so it's an extra attachment. So there's yeah. So it just but it fits into the back of the controller, mm-hmm. and you, you you get another three point five mil jack on the back button. Yeah. And you get uh, you can get two additional bu- buttons on the bottom of the controller. The bottom what of the controller. Buttons do you need? Well, you can reprogram your yeah, buttons. for different things. So we, we, I use it for Call of Duty now, so it's my crouch and reload button. Right. So my thumbs, normally my thumb would have to leave the stick to go press that button. Now the thumbs are always on the sticks. Oh, And, and the, the bottom buttons are programmable. And there's a tiny little screen in between the buttons that lets you see what your button is programmed to. So you can scroll through and say, okay, I'll have that, I'll have that, or you can set up three profiles that gives you the button combinations in one hit. And it's so plugged in through the 3.5 so mil. On the bottom of a Sony, a place to, the DualShock controller, on, underneath is a little 3.5 mil jack for yeah. people who want to connect a headset yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. So it goes in there and it clips into the bottom. So it doesn't harm Is that where it... So it's through the 3.5 mil, yeah. or is there some other con- connectors no, no, in there? No, that's it, through the 3.5 mil. Wow. So it connects, so it, it positions those buttons right beneath your middle I, I get where it is. I'm finger, trying to understand yeah. how it you know, yeah. transmits click, click on the, the, the button story, mate. You'll see. No, okay. I refuse to. Yeah, click on there. <laughs> anyway, but it, it, does, it does give your bottom finger something to do, because normally they were just sitting there. Right. I've got photos that I took from the bottom of the controller so you can see my finger placement. Yes. But um, it, it's well, really handy. A lot of effort went into those. <laughs> yeah, a lot of effort went into this review. But no, if you're at, look, gaming, for some people, it's a competitive uh, yeah. competitive pursuit, and this can really add, like that split second you save well, could be the big just difference. While I'm quickly talking Apple Arcade, because I, I installed it again yesterday, and full disclosure, Apple sent me a voucher yeah, so I, I, I could got try the same it. one. Yeah, I did the um, same, yeah. Uh, I, I sent, Jackson was sitting here, I said, mate, go have a look for some games. He's installed three games, Battle Sky Harpoon. He said, this is just a slightly different version of a game I already played. Yeah. Skate City, he said, it's rubbish. 
Like he plays little <laughs> skater games, okay. but but then he installed but didn't get to play because they hadn't downloaded ballistic baseball. And I'm telling you, he's going to love it. Wow! Because baseball games don't—they're big in the US, but they're not big here, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Um, and it's just a cartoony style approach to baseball. He's going to love that. It's Bloody brilliant! All for a subscription to uh, to Apple Arcade. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Well, eBay—they've—they've uh, they've introduced a really cool new feature on their mobile app. Uh, in anyone who sells stuff and buys stuff on eBay knows that a picture tells a thousand words and a picture sells items. If you've got a good picture, yep. you'll sell probably a lot better. It'll be more attractive to yeah. buyers. So what they've done, they've, they've created this feature in the app that uses AI computer imaging to be able to get rid of the background of your photograph and replace it with just a plain white background. Right. Sounds, sounds simple, but there's a bit of processing involved. Yeah, mate, doing that in Photoshop's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of work. But here they've done it with uh, their computer vision algorithm, yep. and now that separates the item from the background, replaced it with a nice clean white background, because a cluttered background is not a really good ad. Yeah, for and a, what they a, do, they've, they've said, is what they do is they look at the very edge of the screen, they go, if there's a lot of, if the same thing is around the edge, they kind of realise that's the background and they look then for that style or that pattern in the image and they remove it. Now, sometimes it won't work perfectly, but other times it'll it'll just yeah. work like a well, like a charm. And you can go in and you can refine it too and, and yeah, trim there, the edges there is as a well. Tool, but, and, and interestingly, it's only available through the mobile app. So, yes. you know, it's part of their process. You know, they've that's got a right. sequence where you can list an item in like a minute. This ha- helps that as well. Uh, so, the, the, this cleanup tool uh, helps them. You remove the background, touch it up, and... Uh, available for Android and iOS users. Australia, one of only four countries where it's been And it was developed now. as a part of one of their hackathons, you know, Hack yes. Weekend, where they said all their employees, listen, we'll give you a weekend or we'll give you a few days, whatever it is, just drop tools, come up with ideas. <laughs> just come up with things yeah. that we can do and ideas that, that idea. can change the way we, we operate. Look at that. And hey, presto, Nailed someone it. comes up with that idea and then someone else actually develops it and yeah, they've got themselves genius. actually a really cool little tool. Very nice. So upgrade your eBay listings with uh, with an included um, image cleanup tool. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I'm not uh, a bigger cinema goer as you, but I don't mind popping down to see this in... Uh, Points at the Entertainment Quarter, Fox Studios, yes. the old, you know, Moore Park, yep. um, have got a new cinema. Now, it's a weird thing to think about because projection or cinema has always been about projection. It's always been, you know, that yep. that screen, that, that room behind you, the light shines from it when you look up. Yep. And over the years, it's changed. We didn't really know it, but it's changed a lot because they've had to, you know, increase the, the size of the screens, the definition of the screens. They've yep. gone digital. Used to be all, you know, proper actual Used film. Used to be film, yeah, now it's digital. And now it's yeah. digital. And Samsung have installed in Australia the first, but there's been a couple around the world. Onyx screen. Now, in Sydney, it's going to be a 14-metre screen. There's going to be one in Melbourne. It's only 10. 14-metre yep. screen, by the way, is 551 inches. Yeah, if, you want to, if you want to use TV it's a big terms, right? Yep. A 551-inch TV screen is epic. Now, when I got this release, I had no idea what it meant. Yep. Um, because I've been to a lot of Samsung events. I've seen a lot of their TVs. I've seen their futuristic micro LED. I've seen their the wall, wall concept. Yeah. This is not the wall. Uh, this is not specifically micro LED. It is not a normal TV um, because it doesn't come in in one piece. It yeah. is actually Modular, a, yeah. a bit of a combination of all those things. Yeah. It is a bunch of highly engineered pieces, modules, that are, are, are clamped together. Um, I think they're about a foot foot each, and they're, they're millions of little LEDs. And then they're placed together and, you know, one big screen is created. But the, the critical thing here is because it is that outdoor style LED, mm. 
each LED lights themselves. Yep. So there is no backlight. Yep. And and anyone that knows a little bit about TVs knows that in you know the Samsung TV we're looking at here or an Alley TV or a Hisense TV, there's a, there's a light that shines through so that the colour of the LEDs yeah. is visible to you. In an OLED, which we all know is the best quality picture in terms of blacks and, and colours contrasting, uh, each individual LED lights up. And that's why you get great blacks because the LEDs aren't lit up. Mm. This Onyx screen has that so yeah. that you're getting a... I mean, I don't want to say, but it's an OLED-like bloody experience yeah, at, at 14 metres in a cinema. This is a game changer because for a number of reasons. Like uh, the, A projection system is A, you need a totally dark room. Um, B, there's a compromise between brightness and colour saturation. You can't have both. That's kind of the downside of projection. That's why it needs to be really dark and really controlled uh, environment. But this is this is going to change because I think what people are going to notice in the cinema for the first time is is this brightness. There's a brightness that you're not used to seeing in a cinema. That's going to offer that. But also too the black levels. Our projectors have a really hard time producing black. Yeah, and because with this, they're projecting light. Because it's light. That's right. So here in this instance, I think you're going to see the the colours will dazzle you. The black because from black you can produce good colour. The detail, the contrast ratio, HDR. So there'll be high dynamic range in play as well. You can get that already on projectors as as well. But uh, it is really going to and not having the light beaming above you in the cinema. Yeah. That's going to be a bit of a. It's going to play with people's brains. But the other benefit too, and I found this interesting as well, is that. A cinema, an Onyx cinema, won't need the projection booth at the back of the back of the room, so they could potentially expand it and have more. Should make that business class. Maybe make that the gold class. You know how they have gold class entire cinemas. Well, maybe just just turn those into into a a upper class of of entertainment. Take my money now. You know, so you got economy down there. (laughs) <laughs> upper class here, well, it's, it's, and you call it upper class because it's uh, always slightly higher. There are some cinemas at Entertainment Quarter that have just that thing, right, where yeah. at the very top of the cinema are the big seats, and then all the plebs underneath. And where's so the projection room in those? Behind, still behind that. So they can yeah. make those bigger. There you go. So yeah, well, uh, we we can consult for Hoyts on this if they Absolutely. want to play the, the Damien plebs. Keogh, listen, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're exactly here for you. Right. That's a Damien Keogh used to play for Sydney Kings. Yes, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. same bloke. He yeah. came to my school at Condell Park, and when he was playing for the Kings, and showed us basketball. And now he's the head of. <laughs> Buddy Hoyts. That's awesome. That's awesome. But anyway, so uh, really uh, cool. Entertainment I, quarter. Uh, yes. It's open now, isn't it? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll we're going to try and pop it. in. And I'm going to go see something for sure. What a shame Star Wars is still on. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm going to take. I'm going to. It comes out. For, by the way, nice segue. It comes out on April one on 4K. Yeah. Uh, digital. <sighs> digital comes out on March eighteen. Yeah. So I might just pop in with the 4K. Said, why don't you put this on? Pop this on the screen. Well, let's watch this because they're going to have to. There's going to have to be a player for yeah. the screen, right? So imagine what you could go pop, hard pop in. <laughs> well, whatever, but I'm sure they could give them a file and say, listen, play this, please. Mate, you give them a file, they'll say, where the hell did you get that, brother? <laughs> well, it'll be legally obtained, don't worry. Oh, I'm legally sure it obtained. will be. <laughs> Suppose, uh, look, you can only you can only have. I saw, I saw, I only saw it in the cinemas four times. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, no, I look forward to seeing it in twenty <laughs> twenty. Uh, what will it be? Twenty forty seven or something like that. Yeah, good yeah. on you, mate. That's when I'll bother. This is two blokes talking tech. Five G is a topic of discussion once again, and Telstra had a little uh, briefing yesterday about their new. The, well, the new approach to 5G, this new wave of, of 5G, literally a new wave. It's the millimetre <laughs> it's wave uh, for 5G. And they were speaking about how they're going to use the 26 gigahertz spectrum. Uh, it'll be the first millimetre wave band that'll be used for mobile services in Australia. 
millimeter wave has a slightly higher frequency spectrum. So the potential, what, what, what that means is that it can deliver faster 5G speeds as well as higher capacity and the low latency. So it's kind of uh, 5G as we normally know it, but slightly improved. The frequency is a little bit higher, so it allows that to that techno that, that speed and capacity to be easily maintained. And Telstra are going to also release, I think, before the middle of the year, a wire Wi-Fi hotspot that'll be five that'll be based on the millimeter wave technology as well. So that that's coming as well, uh, and it was built, of course, in partnership with their their network partner Ericsson who uh, have always been, they, they built the 3G network and helped to build the 4G network and now the 5G network. And look, what people need to understand is, um, and none of these people listen, thank God, the tinfoil hat-wearing anti-5G people. <laughs> um, I felt like sharing this story on, on all their Facebook pages because this is the stuff that they actually worry about. Mm. This is the this is the style. So existing 5G that we've kind of got at the moment is really just the same stuff we've got now but just enhanced, right? But this is new stuff. This is different frequencies. It's This requires small cells, this is a whole different style of mobile network, and this is what they're starting to roll out. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of at that point where this is where the crazies could come out big time because this is the small cell, millimeter wave, um, a lot of this in the US. This is the stuff that people think kills, kills birds and bees. Yeah, yeah. Good on them. Yeah. Optus today announced uh, a huge, uh, like a, a switch on of a real-world test of, of, of some new frequency stuff as well, which yeah. I assume is them just saying, we're doing we, it we, as well. We can do it too. What you can do, we can do as yeah, well. Yeah. And by the way, while we're talking 5G, Vodafone had their you know end-of-half-year financial results thing and you know they lost customers, they're not making money or something, but bottom line, 5G switching on in, within weeks. Yeah. So They've already got a test site. Haven't they got a test site in Parramatta? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but basically they're going to switch that over to the general public yeah, in, right. in, nice. in just a few weeks. So. And I'm hoping, me living near closer to the airport than you, I'll hopefully get 5G pretty soon on Vodafone if that's if the hey, rollout continues. You're still waiting for Telstra to give it to you. Well, Telstra, I think, have just got 5G. Yeah, not at my house, but close to the airport, you get 5G. Yeah, but still not. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Still, yeah. You're that close, and they still haven't moved it to you. Yeah. It has expanded. It's in a lot more spots, but yeah. it's still spots. Yeah, it's still spots. You know, spotty. you look at the Telstra 5G map, it looks like measles. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't look like a you <laughs> know, a like tan. my Dalmatians. Very like spotty. The, the 4G map looks like someone got a tan. Yeah. The 5G map looks like someone's got a disease. <laughs> Because it's spotty. <laughs> you sell that to Telstra. Yeah. yeah. We're turning our disease into a tan. Anyway, uh, we so both yeah, got details. 5G, millimetre wave. What was the, what's the other form of um, sub 5G? Sub-6. Sub-6. That's what we got What they launched. Whereas with. a lot of Americans went launched with millimetre wave. Yeah. And so it's Telstra and everyone else has started with sub-6 and they're going to eventually, they're going to the patch, patch parts of it with the, millimetre wave. Or yeah, that's right. It. So the reason for this is, the this is all trials because they don't have the spectrum yet. Right. The auction for the yeah, millimetre wave year. spectrum is next year. Right. So this is Telstra saying we're going to muck around with it for a while because there are some areas we can use it. And then, you know, basically in five years from now, you'll have this sub-6 network that'll cover, you know, big expanses and, and be pretty fast. And then in hyper-local areas, there'll be this millimetre wave, um, you know, micro nodes on bloody telegraph poles yep. that will be ultra-fast, and so it'll be this combination network. Yeah, so it won't be all millimetre wave. It'll There's not going like to be any millimetre wave in, in, in Timbuktu. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's where sub-6 will be. Right. And then in, in the, the, the Sydney in the CBD, it'll yeah. be millimetre wave. Yeah. Which is far, like in populated, more populated Correct. areas. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Right. because the, the problem is density. You yeah. know, you've got to have a, a lot of lot of uh, speed and and signal for yeah. you know high populations, and sub six will suffer the density. same way that, that exists existing four G and three G. Have you ever watched Back to the Future? 
No, uh, yep. You yeah. remember when, when George McFly is trying to, remember how Mike, Marty McFly is trying to convince his dad to ask his future mother out? Right, yeah. And then he says to her, instead of saying, you're my destiny, he says, you're, you're my, my density. density. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> you re- you realised that, didn't you? Yeah, I know, but... Back to the Future is a great movie. Mate, we've watched great it. because Amanda loves it. Ah. That, that's a show that we'll just put on. Really? Yeah, and the kids love it. How about Back to the Future 2? All of them. Yep. Three, you like the the one set in the West as well? The West one, uh, I'm only a fan of the, the last bit where the train comes into the real... Yeah. The old train comes into the real world. Pretty cool. The new world. Yeah, They're all good. Some I'd like. I would like, and there's probably been done somewhere, but I'd like to see a timeline of Back to the Future. You know the the backs and the forwards. You know, there's if you solid, look at the, there's a solid plot hole in it though. You know the plot hole in it. Well, which one's that? In, at the end of Back to the Future, right? It will maybe a plot hole at the end of Back to the Future when he takes Marty. In spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, <laughs> you know he takes Marty and he goes, "Oh mate, you got to come. There's we got to do something about your kids." So Marty hops in the DeLorean in 1985. And goes to the future, goes to 2015. So the people left behind, which is everyone, Marty McFly would have been missing for 30 years. So because he left that that time zone to go to the future. So where he would have arrived in 2015 and thinking, hang on, I haven't been here for 30 years. See, it's it's a massive plot hole. He's been missing for 30 years. Well, that's that's Back to the Future Four is. All, <laughs> is all of them going? Where the hell's Marty? Where's Marty? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprise! Yeah. And, and and going because you know, you back know, to find. You know how he gets to 2015. Yeah, and he's he's got two kids, and he's you know he's lost his job, and that he's he's wishes he could be a guitar player again, and the he got, they get. But, the uh, let me ask you this though: Is it the real Marty that that goes forward, or is it the one that went? Back well, that goes I don't know, forward because he he came and got him and said, "Look, you got to do something about your kids." And he takes him from that time to twenty nineteen eighty five. He removes him from nineteen eighty five mm. and takes him to twenty fifteen. Now, which future did he take him to? It's bending my mind, you know, like a pretzel. <sighs> this thing. All right, well done. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is two blokes talking tech. Now, is your Wi-Fi feeling old? Does it buffer while streaming? Does connecting new devices slow it down? Can it handle gaming, video calls, large file transfers? And what happens when you try to do it all at once? doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is if your Wi-Fi router is old and outdated. With Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel new again. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest tech that allows more devices to connect and stream simultaneously without impacting speed or reliability. The results deliver the fastest Wi-Fi for all your devices anywhere in your home. Stream in high definition 4K or even 8K without buffering. Eliminate lag while gaming and connect more devices to your Wi-Fi than ever before. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is like upgrading your Wi-Fi to first class. If you're ready for the best Wi-Fi ever, you can get it today from Netgear and never worry about Wi-Fi again. Check out Orbi Wi-Fi 6 at netgear.com forward slash best Wi-Fi. That's netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. And we thank Netgear for their ongoing support of Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. So at CES, we saw the uh, Sunto 7 from the good people at Sunto. I mean, that's a very old company. They've been making these kind of devices for a very long time. I put them side by side with like Garmin in the kind of active, um, you know, very high-end active sports watch market. So your Garmin Phoenix is a, is a high-end watch that you might take if you're going hiking or something. Sunto yep. have a range of those as well. But the Sunto 7 is a very different watch. Now, I my review is very clear. Like, I'm not going hiking. I ain't going <laughs> running. All I can tell you is that it has those functions yep. and there is... 
there is no one that's questioning Sunto's ability and their wherewithal yeah. and their knowledge in that area. Their so credentials have been proven in that space. The, the Sunto app within the, the, the Sunto 7 is phenomenal. It's it has really everything good. from yeah. just going on a treadmill yeah. to, to hiking the Himalayas. So martial like, arts and everything, yeah, it's you, great. You name it, 70 different sport activities, yeah. right? Um, the critical thing for me, though, is the Sunto 7 at seven ninety nine is a mass. Like, it's a big watch, so it's my style. It is... It's got a beautiful, bright OLED screen. Like, it's yeah, not... Most really of those watches at, at that level yeah. have a dull smart screen yeah. because they want, you know, battery life and they, they want, want all these it, different they, things. They're relying on the sun to brighten it up when they're outdoors. But this yeah. thing is a proper smartwatch. Like, yeah. it's it's bright, it's big, and it's a Google smartwatch so that it's got all the apps you want and all that kind of tracking and all yeah. that notification stuff. Man, I thought it was an unbelievably good smartwatch yeah. With epic sports oh, watch absolutely. capabilities, I think it's one of the one of the first watches that's kind of uh, uh, you know ma- jack of all trades. It yeah. can do can do. It's a really highly credentialed smartwatch. It's we're running Wear OS, which helps it the Google OS. Yep, and that means too that it can be worn not only by Android users but also works with iPhone users as well. So they've they've opened it up the the compatibility with both Android and iPhone users. Yeah, uh, so on the smart side, really good. Uh, and get all the notifications. You can tell when a call's coming in. If any notifications you got on your iPhone or your Android phone, on you'll there. get them on your wrist. And, and you can control your media playback. If you're listening to music, you can go forward a track, back a track. So everything you'd expect. Uh, the other the other aspect of, of course, the exercise and the, the training. I think if you, I rate in my review, if you're a, just your, your average user, you know, does, likes a run, likes a gym session, but wants the smarts, wants a watch that's stylish, you can wear it to the office, to the gym, wherever, then this really fits well. If you're a full-time triathlete or a marathon runner and you've, you, you want to do 25Ks before work, this, the battery might not last a lot. They're saying a 12-hour battery life on well, GPS. GPS. Yeah. So that might be a factor for some people. I did read some reviews on JB Hi-Fi, one of the sites that said, look, I, I'm training for ultra marathons and this, and just uh, I, I've, I've already down to 50%. It's only 9 o'clock in the I, morning. I'm not sure ultra marathon yeah. runners are the target. Oh, exactly right. That's what I'm saying. If you are that type of athlete, then you've got to look probably to more dedicated sports. And Sunto have those. Yeah, the but Sunto this, 9. This is, is for the person that, that's doing you know, an hour of this and an hour yeah, of that, right. and maybe yeah. a weekend triathlon or yeah. something because yep. 12 hours is plenty for those things. Absolutely. Battery life-wise, though, I was getting way more than two days, like two and a half, two, three. Yeah, two and a half I was getting, yeah. But that do, that doesn't change the fact that it's still a smartwatch that I think you've yeah. got to charge every night. Like, you, you, oh, oh, you're yeah. mad. You, if, if you forget, yeah, yeah, but if you forget, yeah. every second night I charge. If you're out of sync yeah. you're, and you're down a day, like, that's a problem. So okay. I still think you just charge it every night. Here's make it what easy. I liked. The heat maps are good. The yeah, heat cool. maps show you where other people have been. So if you say you've landed in a new city, you think, I want to go for a run, you can look on the map and say, oh, yeah, there's a, here's where people are running. There's a, a route yep. I can follow. Yep. Uh, particularly good, too, if you're a hiker. So if you're in the bush and you, you think, shit, I'm lost, yeah. you can look at the heat map and get yep. back on track again. Really cool. Plus, in terms of mapping, it doesn't leave breadcrumbs. It's a constant it's trail. It's offline maps. That's right. So there's maps in the device, and GPS then links it up so you can see live on your wrist where you are. Yep. And so you can, if you're running without your phone, it's not an issue. A um, couple of things that I, that I reckon could be better. The time that it takes for to the oh, that's the exactly time that's the on. number one thing yeah. I said. Half another split second faster would have been good. It's and not a, it's not a deal breaker I that it is. I feel like it can be worked on as a firmware yeah. thing. I feel yeah, like I it's too. see for me that was. Because I really did just wear it as a watch, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fitness guy. I yeah. wore it as a watch, love the look of it, love yeah. the smarts, but every now and then I'm going, come on, what's the time? Yeah. But 
it, it feels like they, they just need to find a way to, to emulate Apple Watch's Series 5 concept of screen's always on. Yeah. Just give me the time all the time because most of the time I'm just looking at what the time yeah, is. Yeah, but that'd smash the battery life though. No, but would it yeah. if if they yeah, could just would. if they could just well, the watch find series a, five? I'm charging that every night. You can't go two days with that. Oh, I'm getting a day and a half, two days out of that. Yeah, but I still think a that a smartwatch should be charged every day anyway. Yeah. The other but, thing too, and the writing on the there's not enough watch faces. Only yeah, four true. watch faces. Give me more. Yeah. Give me some variety. They all look, they all look pretty much the same. Give me some variety. The complications are really small. So you, I want some watch faces where I don't need to be wearing glasses to read the time yep. and, the, and the battery percentage yep. for some older users who might need to they be squinting at their watch. Good self-identification, so Stephen. Yeah, good on you, mate. <laughs> you, you, I notice you're not wearing your glasses I today. just don't need them. So anyway, but I think, though, overall, it is a really impressive combination of a really good smartwatch and everything from a really good sport watch in one. So for yeah. someone who wants to do a bit of best of both worlds, a very good choice. Yeah, no, it looks good. Um, it works good, and both of our reviews are up at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, the I'm sure that many listeners of this program may have already seen the footage captured by the Tesla Sentry Mode. Uh, the this the owner of this car parked at Penrith Westfield, yep. and captured using Sentry Mode a person. Keying his car and just like not is an that accident. the lowest act in the world? I was deliberate, absolutely deliberate. Just walked you can up, tell, grabbed the key. Yeah, she. It's a woman. Let's say right. She walked up and was looking around, head head on a swivel. Was then gave it a nice little carve up on the side. There. And the most amazing thing about yeah. this video was it was like three or four days after in Albury, a bloke who'd driven from Melbourne was just in in town on business had his car parked and Sentry Mode catched a bloke with a skateboard walk up and smash his bloody yeah. windscreen. What's doing? So it was it was an epic uh, example of Tesla's Sentry Mode, which is just such a great feature when you consider there's eight cameras on those bloody cars. So all you got to do is whack a USB stick in that's been formatted, and there's instructions online if you're on a Tesla. It's not yeah. really a big deal. I'll tell you how to do it's, it. It's easy. It, it, it's very easy, but it's, it's all online. It's only relevant to Tesla owners. But basically, all you're doing as an owner is putting a USB stick into a USB slot. And that automatically enables the mode. And yep. you, you turn it on in the car, you tell it you do or don't want it at home and different things. Very, very smart. But basically, as you walk up to the car, as soon as you put your, your hand near the car, the screen inside goes, like, recording, sentry mode, yeah. and it records what's happening around it. Absolutely. And it's yeah. saved onto the USB and stick. The good thing about it, too, like what I did, I, rather, I, I thought, I'm going to go big here. I got a, a Samsung T5 SSD. Yeah. I got a 500 gig one in my car. Yeah. So I've got plenty of room to record. Uh, you had to format it a certain way, like the MS, yep. like FAT32 format. You had to create a little folder called Tesla Cam, a subfolder. Really easy. Uh, and now, then, and then when you look back at the disc, the the, the you playback, it's got it all different folders: Sentry Cam, because yeah. da- it activates Dash Cam as well. Yeah, yeah. And when you get back in the car, because I I had mine as soon as I saw this, I think you know what I'm going to set up my Sentry Mode too. And when you get back in the car. You see, um, it says, oh, three, three in- century three. mode incidents. Yes. And I looked back at them, it was just people walking past the car, people next to me getting into their car. Uh, so you get, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some interesting footage captured uh, in the in the future. But yeah. uh, it's look, it's it's great to some someone at Tesla said, you know what, all these cameras around the car, why don't we make them film stuff when you're not driving? Yeah. And it went, good idea. And that the flexibility of having a Tesla with the updates. 
That's a feature you. Yeah. We just got. The only, and the only thing I'd say, I and mean, there's nothing you can say that's negative about Sentry Mode, but the only thing I'd say is it, the quality of the camera vision isn't great. Um, but it's not too bad though. No, but it's, it's like still, it's still clear enough to make out people's well, faces. For Sentry Mode, like it's excellent. Yeah, but as a dash cam, the dash cam, yeah, it's average, horrible, average. That's why it's I've like got, all yellowed out. And yeah. Yeah. I've got a 4K dash cam. I'm yeah, like, so that, that's really not what I'm using it for. Sentry Mode though, when it's parked. I can um, I can check on my app like it probably working right now in yep. I'm parked here. Yep. Uh, I can check on the app that it's active, and I can even turn it off from here too if I don't want it to be yeah, recording. Yeah. And you could also set certain addresses for it not to. And work. so, if you're hearing this and think I don't own a Tesla, that's fine. Um, you can buy yeah, uh, two hundred dollar dash cams. I looked at a, uh, at the bottom end. The bottom end is about two hundred dollars. If it has a thing called parking mode, then you're in you're in luck. Now, critically, parking mode alone does not give you parking mode. You have to then hardwire the car. Yeah. But you can get a Uniden $50 hardwire kit at JB Hi-Fi. Yep. I've had a look at the kit. It's a U- micro. It's a USB India dash cam. You wire it through as you normally do. And there's two plugs in the, that go into the fuse box. Yeah, now, right. nearly everyone knows where the fuse box is because you know, have a blind fuse or whatever. And it's really easy. They just look like fuses. You push them in, push one into the yep. ACC and one into another spot. It tells you where they go. And then you earth one of them, which all sounds complicated. If you want to take it to an electrician, easy. Take 20 minutes. But it's an easy job to then hardwire, which means yeah. your, your camera's always getting power. It's always power. So when it detects, um, in, in the case of a parking mode dash cam, it's for when someone smashes into you or really does damage to the yeah. car. It's got to detect motion. It will record, record that incident. Absolutely. And the new dash views, the 30R. Come with the hardwire kit. come with the hardwire kit. Yeah, yeah, so, so that 399 for the Uniden dash view 30 or 30 or 30R. Um, uh, that three ninety nine includes the fifty dollar hardwire kit, hardwire kit so, plus yeah. a, plus an SD card. Like that's actually yeah, good value. Thirty two gig SD card, and yeah. it's a it's a like what they call high, a high, high durability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a high durability because it's going to be in the sun. It's going to be recording all the time. Yeah. So it needs to be. You can't just put any old memory card in there. So they've supplied that with it. Yeah, yeah, bloody anyway, brilliant. Really cool stuff. Uh, if you want to see the details in those options, Stephen's got them up at techguide.com.au. This is two blokes talking tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. And that's a wrap for episode 425. Uh, if you misled by Stephen's article last week, I have corrected unbelievable. Tech God, I have corrected Tech God. How not can you one make person, such a phenomenal. Not one person noticed. That's how uh, Stephen's going to get angry at you, people. <laughs> no, I don't care. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Stephen, we'll do it again next week. Um, we have to talk about what we're doing next week. We've got a couple of shows possibly next week. But anyway, yeah. we've got a special edition show next week. Uh, and we'll be back with all the latest tech news. Thanks to the good people at Unidin and Netgear. Stephen, get your passport out. Um, have, go, have a bathroom break. Yeah. Get some refreshments before you go. Oh, we'll have to stock up, yeah. Because uh, it's like preparing for a little short holiday whenever time I come in here. I've got to pack my bag and make sure there's charge in the car. And I've got to make sure that I'm going to get to get there with enough time. And... Uh, you know, make sure there's not too much traffic. And anyway, we made it. Oh, dear. Some people it. commute more than that in a day, yeah, Jibra. Thanks for listening. Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.